Welcome to the Breakthrough of Grace podcast, a place where we share the stories of ordinary lives transformed by God's extraordinary graces. We invite you to join us as our speakers talk about their journey towards living lives of rich Christian authenticity to encourage and inspire each one of us. We are thankful you're here and taking this time to spend with us. Welcome, friends. This episode of the Breakthrough of Grace podcast features a talk by Leah McGinnis. Leah is a wife, a devoted family woman, and former business professional who now pursues her vocation in spiritual direction. Through her own experience and participation in the contemplative prayer life of the church, and with formal training and formation at both Creighton University in Omaha, Nebraska, and at the Franciscan University of Steubenville, Ohio, she now serves in local parish ministry in spiritual direction and accompaniment. With eloquence, Leah points us to that which lies at the heart of spiritual growth and maturity. It is God who desires our greatest good, and it is in yielding and offering ourselves fully to Him that we are transformed into vessels of His grace. What is inspiring about this talk is how much of this work that occurs in our hearts is hidden from the world. Even though this be the case, the work of growing in faith, hope, and love is no less real or powerful. Let's listen in as Leah points the way to setting our hearts on God and taking delight in His ways. This talk was recorded at a local parish with a small prayer group in Southern California. We hope that it blesses you as much as it did us. So before I get into the theme of this talk, I'd like to catch you up with what's been happening since I last spoke to this group, which was in January 2020. So back then, who could fathom that two months later, our world would shut down due to the COVID-19 pandemic? At that time, I shared that I was in the midst of formation to become a spiritual director and that Simon and I had crossed paths at Creighton University where I was studying, albeit we never saw each other. It was only later that we discovered that we were there at the same time. During the summer of that year, I, along with a handful of spiritual direction candidates, were able to complete our last term of studies and graduate through the heroic efforts of teams at the university who rapidly converted our program to an online format. Our department put together a lovely commissioning ceremony for us and hosted it via Zoom. All who participated were especially moved due to the extraordinary circumstances that we had operated under. Shortly after graduation, socializing began to open up, and I was able to begin my ministry as a new spiritual director. That was two years ago, and I still speak of serving in this ministry with the utmost humility because I'm just me, but I have a voracious hunger for the love of God. About a year and a half ago, however, I came to the realization that although I had gained knowledge about the spiritual life, I needed and I wanted to learn more about the church herself and our faith. So I began a master's degree in theology at Franciscan University in Steubenville. It's through Steubenville that Simon and I would again cross paths. Last August, I began my studies 
online. And fortuitously, Father Dave Pavanka, the president of the university, was visiting the San Diego area. And I, as a student, was invited to alumni event with Father Dave. I knew I wanted to go, and I knew I wanted to meet him. About a week before, however, I broke my foot in three places, and I could only get around with crutches or a knee scooter, but that didn't stop me. The evening of the event, my husband Dan drove me and my scooter to meet Father Dave. About maybe five minutes before arriving, we hit a pothole and got a flat tire on Harmony Grove Road, which, as some of you may know, is a two-lane, somewhat secluded road that connects San Marcos to Escondido. Nearly an hour later, we arrived, me with my scooter, and now fashionably late. Interestingly, though, earlier that evening, Dan asked me if we might know anyone. I didn't, but I said that if there's anyone we might know, it might be Simon. That evening was outdoors, so I had to off-road my scooter into the dark, in the dark, over dirt and stones, but we made it just fine. But not two minutes that we were there, and up walked Simon. It turned out that his wife Mary was a Steubenville alum, and that Father Dave had, years back, blessed their engagement while she was still a student. That evening, standing on one leg and the other knee on my scooter, we were able to meet Father Dave and have a lovely conversation with the five of us. That conversation is what will lead us into the topic of this talk. Simon had mentioned my spiritual direction ministry to Father Dave and shared a bit about me, but for some reason, I brought up the subject of intimacy with Christ. Later, I wondered why of all things I could have said that, particularly since we were at a brewery in a garden on a warm summer night. Anyway, Father listened and graciously invited me to campus sometime. Shortly after meeting Father Dave, I was online searching for something, and I came across a video on YouTube that he had done for Lent in 2020, and it was entitled Intimacy with Jesus. I couldn't believe it and was kind of stunned that he was there speaking about this theme that I was experiencing a growing affection for. In April this year, I visited the campus and I briefly met Father Dave. I reminded him of our introduction in San Diego and this theme of intimacy with Christ. We spoke about how to attempt to convey what this is and how it happens in a person's life. That same trip, I also met with one of the directors from the university's School of Spiritual Direction. Again, I brought up this topic. She looked at me and said, that intimacy with Christ is precisely at the heart of their formation efforts, especially for their first-year students. We also spoke about our own experiences of intimacy with God, and in both those meetings, each of us knew that we had been brought together by God for purposes only known to Him. So what is intimacy? This invitation to intimacy begins with God Himself, seeking to dwell in us, as quoted in numerous scripture passages. Throughout the history of the church, saints and sinners alike have revealed this great mystery to us. The beginning of the Catechism itself says, quote, the desire for God is written in the human heart. It refers to the intimate and vital bond of man to God and of man entering into real 
intimacy with God because God willed both to reveal himself to us and he has given us the grace to experience that revelation. There is so much to say about this, but while preparing this talk, I concluded that perhaps sharing my own experience of intimacy with God would be a way to convey some of the truths revealed in the lived experience of the faithful that's been handed down through the ages. Several years ago, my spiritual director shared a definition of intimacy that has stayed with me and that I pass along as often as I can. He said something like, intimacy is born out of the desire to be truly known and accepted and loved in the reality of the total person you are. And this is our ultimate desire, to be totally seen, totally known, totally loved, and totally accepted by the other. The ultimate fulfillment of this desire can only be achieved in our relationship with God. It's only when the real you is exposed, both the good and the bad, when it's revealed and totally accepted and loved by the other, that true intimacy is achieved. In this context, the triune God, Father, Son, and Spirit longs to reveal himself to us and for us to totally open ourselves up to him. But do we? No. Using an analogy from C.S. Lewis, often there are rooms inside of us or corners of rooms inside of us that we don't even realize are closed off to God until they are brought to the light. In the words of my spirituality professor at Steubenville, who wrote a small book entitled, Jesus in You, God longs for us to invite him in. He says, quote, God desires to dwell inside the human heart in ways both personal and salvific. But for this, he must be invited. And that invitation must come from us. An online contributor to FOCUS, a group, a fellowship of Catholic university students, beautifully wrote that it's as if God says to us, quote, I want to reveal my inner life to you. Will you reveal yours to me? This is the invitation. So I want to stop here for just a minute because you may be thinking, but God already knows everything about me. Yes, but are we transparent enough to open and allow him to reveal himself to us and us to him? Totally. The writer continued by saying, quote, living divine intimacy is living a relationship of being seen by the one who loves us. Kind of us knowing that we're being seen by him. I think sometimes we don't know that. Intimacy, then, is nothing other than beholding the interiors of each other. Related to this, Christopher West from Theology of the Body Institute emphasizes the word intimacy as into me see. 
But how does this come about? The Church offers us many models and ways, beginning with the infinitely intimate relationship between the three persons of the Trinity. Witnessing Mary's total openness to the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in the conception and birth of Christ is intimacy par excellence. Receiving Jesus in the Eucharist is one of the most intimate ways to allow Him to dwell in us. Prayer is an act that can open us up to intimacy with God. But I'd like to turn to my own experience to help illustrate this definition. For some time, I carried a heartache that was inexplicable. I can't exactly identify the source, but it's there, been there for a while. Anyway, one night I was awakened by this ache. I tried to sort it out, but nothing worked. Then in prayer, and it was conversation with God, and when there were no other options, I opened my mind and my heart and this ache to God and said something like, Jesus, come into this. Dwell in this. I don't know what to do with this, but I know you do. So for a moment, I envisioned him entering that heartache, but quickly love itself took over and I experienced the work of the Trinity in my soul. The Father creating something new, the Son doing what he does best, healing, redeeming, restoring, transforming, etc., and the Holy Spirit who consoles. The only word that I can describe the experience I was having was intimacy. I had let him in deeply past my cognitive and affective faculties. How do I know it was God? Because of the abiding effects and because I could not fabricate them myself. That night was the beginning, but over time and through recurring prayer like that, inviting him in and opening my heart and mind, the peaks and valleys of the ache subsided. Literally, divine love swooped in and restored that room in my soul that desperately needed reordering. What's in that room now is a growing, abiding love and trust. The rooms inside of us and the things in those rooms are often far too intricate for us to figure out. We can try and do a pretty good job, but only God alone intimately knows what our souls need. Some may experience a complete and total surrender and God's total indwelling. Others may experience this in major areas of their lives, like work or finances or a relationship. I know what needs to get chipped away constantly is our ego, our pride, whatever that may be for others. For me, this ongoing experience of intimacy with God has illuminated the gifts of the church, that the Church has given us, the love of the Trinity, the sacraments, the Eucharist, my own prayer, etc. So this intimacy, this infinite divine love, is never meant for just ourselves. It's meant to be shared. I began offering this invitation to others who, through their own openness and in inviting Jesus to dwell in the rooms of their souls, began to experience transformations, healings, freedom, and an abiding, growing trust with God. One woman found freedom from 20 years of an abusive marriage 
and an ongoing restoration of order to herself and family because she experienced being truly loved by God and his abiding presence. Others with Christ dwelling in them experience deep forgiveness. I have witnessed restorations of marriages because deep longings were finally met by God first, which gave both spouses freedom to love and expect, accept each other for truly who they are. Another experienced an openness to God's will in the outcome of a major decision because they had invited him in to all of the facets associated with that decision. They had finally become free out of love to desire God's will. This notion of intimacy is as relevant today as it has ever been. I think because we are so desperately lacking it. Bishop Barron recently referred to God knocking at the door of our hearts and his desire to fully dwell in us during a talk entitled, Christ Who Knocks. In it, he referred to Revelation 3.20, which says, Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. Other familiar verses are John 14.20, I am in the Father and you in me and I in you. Again, John 17.23, I in them and you in me. John 14.23, we will come to him and make our home in him. St. Paul to the Galatians in chapter 2, verse 20 says, I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. In Ephesians 3, 17 through 19, he says, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Word on Fire just released a movie called The Making of a Catholic Priest with Father Stephen Gadbury. The other night I watched it, and about halfway through, with his Arkansas twang, this former military farm boy starts talking about our deep intimacy and our desire for intimacy with God. He says, quote, The author of every soul desires to spend time with me in my soul, which then gives me the grace to go out and engage so many other human souls. And he paused and he said, that's pretty intimate. Pope Francis has reminded us that Jesus calls all Christians to form a deep relationship with him, saying, quote, It is a relationship of intimacy, a mystical relationship, a relationship without words. It's an abiding with you in me and I in you. In this, we are fulfilling God's deep desire to dwell in us. So intimacy, it's woven into the fabric of our souls. We can't escape it. We try to satisfy this longing, but we're wired for true, utter, complete intimacy with God alone. Only God can get at the deepest intricacies of our souls. As my spiritual director also said, if we get this right, the rest of our relationships will have right order or at least will have the potential to. Our response to God's invitation to intimacy is only to cooperate. We cannot produce the effects 
or the end results. That's the work of God alone. And we will know that it's God because of its fruits. Now, if inviting Jesus into the room of your souls doesn't resonate with you, then try inviting him into the details of your life revealed through a daily Ignatian examine prayer that illuminates both the good and the bad of ourselves and of our day. Or, also in the tradition of St. Ignatius of Loyola, contemplate Jesus in the Gospels, enter the story, dwell with him there. Then invite him into your reactions to the contemplation. Discuss your experience with him. These don't take long, but each occasion builds on the other. I'd like to end with the words of encouragement from those who have gone before us and then offer questions for reflection that we can discuss later, if you'd like. From Elizabeth of the Trinity. It seems to me that I have found my heaven on earth, for heaven is God, and God is in my soul. Live in him. Remain constantly in him. Enter into the interior of your soul. You will always find him there, longing to do great things. Therese of Lisieux. I understand and I know from experience that the kingdom of God is within you. I feel that he, he is within me at each moment. He's guiding and inspiring me with what I must say and do. It isn't most frequently during my hours of prayer that these are most abundant, but rather in the midst of my daily occupations. Pope St. John Paul II. Man becomes an image of God, not so much in the moment of solitude as in the moment of communion. Teresa of Avila. What more do we desire from such a good friend at our side? If God should desire to raise us to the position of one who is intimate and shares his secrets, we ought to accept this gladly. And finally, Mother Teresa. When the time comes and we can't pray, it's very simple. If Jesus is in my heart, let him pray. Let him allow him to pray in me, to talk to the Father in the silence of my heart. If I cannot speak, he will speak. If I cannot pray, he will pray. So questions for reflection are first. What's your reaction when you hear the word intimacy or the words divine intimacy? Are you open? Do you have any resistance? What is that? Next, how have you experienced intimacy with God and what were the fruits of that experience? Finally, is there any room in your soul that may be ready for you to invite God into. Thank you. Friends, I hope that this talk inspired and encouraged you. As you can tell from Leah's insights and also her enthusiasm, there is freedom to be discovered as we enter more deeply into the mystery of God and by grace enter into that which fulfills our deepest desires as believers. There is an opportunity to dwell for a time, to linger in this. And if you would like to do so and learn more about the interior life of prayer 
and communion with God that Leah describes. A book that may be helpful is called Interior Freedom by the author Father Jacques Philippe. What makes Father Jacques Philippe's writings so beautiful is they're profound, yes, but deeply accessible. They both invite and encourage the reader to go farther on and further in to the things of God. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Breakthrough of Grace podcast. We're a small word of mouth movement. Can we ask you to share it with a friend? Please see our show notes and website for discussion questions and other resources. Until next time, may God bless you, keep you, and make his face shine upon you.